you can't fight fire with fire, you know? Everything just burns. And I, I've seen it all day today. People hate. They're hating. They're hating. They're hating. They're mad. And he would not want that. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He would give grace. He would. I stand on that, that today he would still give grace to those people. Listen, bro, if they take my life, fuck all of that shit. Burn the motherfucking place down. Fuck that shit. Talking about give grace. Killing men in cold blood. Man, get the fuck up out of here. Just know if they take my life, I want war on God. Good morning, world, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you hear this. Um, It's your boy, A.D. Rum Durham. I'm back again to give you another Rogue episode. Yeah, today is May 29th, 2020, man. It's Friday, but... It don't feel like we should be thanking God for today, but we should, you know, despite what's going on in the world since the last rogue <laughs> Corona became a thing um, and the deaths of black men continued. But to catch you all up to speed in between as to what's primarily going on in my life. And for those of you who give a fuck or don't give a fuck or just like the sound of my voice, either way, I'm just here to speak and to get shit off my chest. I think this Rogue series for me has to be a consistent thing for a multitude of reasons. First being, it's like a vi- it's like a, not a video, wow, <laughs> it's an auditorial diary in some sense. Because, you know, I do journal, to be very honest, but I'm way better at talking some shit out with myself, to be real. I mean, listen, talking to yourself may be crazy, but it's the intelligent people do it. People with high IQs do it, so I'm cool with that. I can entertain my damn self. Y'all just going to have to listen. <laughs> um, but nah, I mean, my life, my life is, uh, it's always, I always tell people like, you know, my situation is my situation and it's very interesting and the inconsistencies that happen that some people see as setbacks, failures and losses and things of that nature or the things that make me stronger and the things that make me greater and the actual things that make my life entertaining and worthwhile. You know, last time I did a rogue, I was in, technically I was in New Hampshire working at a power plant, you know, out of Boston and shit like that. Then I moved to Boston, lived there for another year, you know, was hustling and bustling. And now I'm back in Atlanta, back at square one, ground zero, right? And reluctantly ending up back where it all started for some people may be a sign of tremendous failure and what they didn't do or what fucked up or didn't pan out. And now they're back where they started. And now it's down. I'm that guy or that girl. Honestly, for me, it's a blessing to be back home. Um, despite my life from when I left, technically, you know, I left Atlanta seven years ago when I left for college. And though I came home in spurts, it wasn't like a thing of I'm coming home and I'm home. It was like, I'm here temporarily till I get to the next destination on my trip. And though 
right now may still be that same thing. I'm also too realizing that being home and being home here and building out my network and building out my foundation here and really establishing my career here is not a bad thing because home is home. You know, for me, though things have changed in my family dynamics since seven years ago, I'm still blessed to have a family as we all are in some capacity. And blood doesn't always make you a family. It's the people around you that support you and see you win. And to come back to Atlanta after being gone for so many years with more people that want to see me win is a great feeling. And I can't let them down and I will not let myself down because of that either, because I owe it to myself. I'm, I have a greater purpose. You know, when you feel something inside of you that tells you that you are not no lame ass nigga, you're not a square. You're a king. You're a queen. Trust and believe that feeling because at times you have nothing but that feeling. It may look bleak and meek around you, but you're greater because you told yourself that. Just that crazy enough belief in yourself is all that fucking matters. Because at the end of the day, you ain't got shit but your balls and your word. That's a fact. So if you're going to do anything and if you believe in yourself strong enough, it is possible to manifest it. I too will overcome the falls and pitfalls and only the losses that I consider really lessons anyway that have brought me to this point where I am back at the crib. Back in the old room, the blue room. If you know about it, you know about it, right? But it's a point where now I can learn more, do more, stress less, and pivot better. I just watched the last dance, boy. Gotta give it up to Mike. You feel me? Gots to. And you gots to do that. Can't, can't, can't spill that. No, I'm just tripping. No Drewski shit. Don't mind me, I'm taking an intermission to see my green juice and green smoothie, whatever you want to call it. Some of y'all need to do that because your pH balances are off and it's showing. Okay. But no, you know, what I'm saying is just watch the last dance and, you know, debates are out. Why LeBron versus Mike? I don't know. It's really just a dance. It was literally a doc, excuse me. That was dedicated to Mike and the highlighted greatness. Granted, call it what you will. The debates around it. I mean, obviously, we ain't got no other fucking sports to watch. So, obviously, we have to go there and do what we got to do, right? But what I want to pull from that is just the mindset. Um, And people come at LeBron because he doesn't have that killer mindset, quote unquote. But I don't think it's really just the mindset of a killer. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people can think like that, but not achieve greatness, right? I don't think that's the the thread that is going to take you from this to that, from zero to one. I don't think it's that. I I think the thing that spoke volumes to me most about Michael Jordan and what LeBron has to and what Kobe had as well, rest in peace, is disbelief in self, man. Straight up, it is that you are undeniably going to affect the outcome of this situation you're currently in, and it's going to abode in your success. It's going to allow for you to actually come out on top. It's going to create positive outcomes. You undeniably know what you're capable of, and you're going to have that tremendous effect despite the current circumstances. We call it mama mentality. 
We call it like might. It must be the shoes. Like, niggas undeniably don't even realize that for LeBron to be donned the king at like 16, 17, and to actually live up that hype. He's the only motherfucker in history to ever do that when it comes to sports, to fulfill the most potential of his height. Three rings, say it's not enough, but you ain't one shit, so why are we listening to you? You really have no room to talk if you ain't never one shit, because you don't know the sacrifices it takes to actually do something and do it again and do it again at the highest level. Under tremendous stress. And this ain't no, you know, let's ride LeBron and boast him up to be some tremendous guy type of type of spiel. This is more so highlighting greatness in generations and mindsets by individuals that share commonalities across the board. You know what I mean? Um, and I just wanted to pull from that because I think right now. A belief in self and the greatness that we all have and all can obtain is necessary to kind of get through these situations that we're currently in as a people. Black people specifically, actually only. Listen, if you're white or not, but you ain't black and you're listening, no offense to you, but you have to understand that people that look like me, that celebrate culture that I'm a part of, shit ain't I. Shit is not I out here for us. A lot of shit's fucked up, but we are going to be great because you know why? We're not playing no victim role. I'm not here to play no victim role. I don't give a fuck about playing a victim role. Playing a victim role has got us nowhere ever. Hell no, it's not got us nowhere. The only time some shit has changed is when we actually forcefully take it, push it, break it, and then show it to the motherfuckers like here it is. So you cannot think that you have to sit up here and try to beg and plead and negotiate with someone who's oppressing you or a system that's putting you down to think that you're going to get anything in life. It does not work that way. Not in relationships, not in business partnerships, and show as hell not with the American government. I mean, to keep it simple, because a lot of people don't understand, it's like if you in a relationship, right, where your significant other is abusive verbally, physically, at what point does it make sense to then try to negotiate? Oh, excuse me. That was my phone. I'm in my bag, too. Let me just go ahead and put that on silent. <laughs> All right. Now, um, going back to what I was saying, at what point in that relationship does it make sense to sit up there and negotiate with that person about how they should treat you? They treat you like shit. They've done that. You have a history. Right? I believe heavily that people will show you who they are. Doesn't matter if it's a group of people, if it's one person, people will show you who they are. America has showed us who they are forever. Stop thinking that they're going to do something different because we broke into a couple stores. We have to fuck it up and dismantle the system. Some within and then also too, you have to have people to agitate it without. What I mean is specifically is that we have to understand that this is American. It's a corporation. It's a capitalist society. People may not like it. I may not always agree with it, my damn self, but it is what it is that like the things that affect America and change is the move or not move of the dollar bill. If we create some systems 
excuse me, if we create systems and economy within ourselves, we can actually have some voice to affect policy that dictates how our communities are policed, how they're judged, and ultimately the opportunities that we get within them. And it's not just to say that lightly, it's to say that literally, actively. Justice for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery is necessary right now. But there's been millions like them. Dating back 400 years. So what are we going to do in the next 400 years so there's no more like them? Because it's on us, not on nobody specifically, not on no damn celebrity, not on nobody that got a lot of followers, but on us as a people. And when I speak specifically to black people in this moment, we have to change our mindsets. I go back to what I said about LeBron, Michael. Kobe having that mindset of you a killer may be necessary because we have to fight having that mindset that you are great will forever be necessary because after you fight what do you do you see my mindset isn't just fight and then move forward my mindset is fight change and create a new future because we all know history repeats itself so looting, booting, fighting, breaking with no change after we will be here again next summer. Guarantee it. Because we know how this shit goes. So we have to change some shit for sure. And that's what I want to say specifically on what's going on in the community, man, because shit's been heavy on my heart, man. Shit's been heavy on my heart. You know, it's 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 a it's a bitch in itself, man. Because though I can speak about the mindset that you have to have to go through these things that you go through, life is still life. Bills still come through the mail. You still have obligations that you know of people wanting you to do X and Y and Z. And it's like you still need to figure your shit out. And you know you have to worry about so many different hats, and you have to also worry about the perception of yourself, because you also want to make sure that people acknowledging that you respecting yourself outside, you know. But more importantly than anything, you have to keep your own mental together. And, and it's a bitch in America when you black, and it's been a bitch for me too, man. If I'm just gonna talk about my own experience, you know what I mean? Walk into certain rooms and you get looks, and it's like, damn. You put yourself together so you understand because you understand when you go outside how it's going to be, how you're going to be received. And you still get that same energy that you try so hard to to push away. Excuse me. I don't know. Call it rambles. Call it rants. I don't give a fuck, man. But I know that asking for people that don't look like us to understand us is not the way we should be. It's not where we should be focused. They should understand that this is real and they should understand that this is what we go through. That's just common humanity. You did. That's just simple courtesy, dude. But I don't really give a fuck about what they think because they're not going to do for us. I just looked at a Pew Research. All right. A Pew Research um, questionnaire or survey where they ask, you know, different races on different topics, right? I just wanted to read some statistics off. This is coming from Pew, right? If you're familiar with Pew, Pew does all these different kind of surveys where they ask different topics regarding politics, social injustice, things of that nature, right? 
But the reason why I wanted to read off these statistics specifically is because I just wanted to show my people how the other side is neglectful because it doesn't bother them and it doesn't pertain to them of the things that commonly happen within our community and why we should just say, fuck it. Stop asking for them to be our partner. Now, listen, there will be some that will be a partner. And for those, I'm very grateful for because they understand that America's fucked up and it has been. And there's some systematic issues that need to be rearranged. But for those who don't, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's like asking your mother to, to love your best friend like she love you. She may love little Jimmy, but listen, she ain't birthed little Jimmy. Let's keep it a bang. All right. Check this out. So Pew Research Center did a survey. Um, where they ask whites and blacks and where they differ in views of how blacks are treated. So what I mean is they ask both white people and black people how certain scenarios differ in how they're treated. In, for example, in dealing with the police, right? 84% of blacks believe they were treated unfairly, while 60 3% of whites think blacks were treated unfairly. Um, so just to keep in mind to explain this once again, this is a Pew Research Center survey where they asked both white and black people how black people are treated in these different circumstances. So when it comes to dealing with the uh, excuse me, when it comes to dealing with the police, black people are believe that we're treated unfairly 80 percent, 84% of the time, while white people believe um, or of the white people asked, 63% believe that black people are treated unfairly. Um, and then when we talk about now being treated unfairly by the criminal justice system, 87% of blacks asked believe that we're treated unfairly. 61% of whites asked believe black people are treated unfairly. Um, now, some people may see that like, okay, well, you know, you have better half of white people thinking that we're unfairly treated in the criminal system and by police. Yeah, I, I, I definitely would agree that, you know, that's um, a better half. <laughs> Technically, that is a number over 50 percent. So, yeah. But the thing about it is, is that there's still a great disparity of 20 percent. Right. And if you don't think 20 percent makes a lot of sense. Well, let me ask you this. If I was to decrease your expenses by 20 percent, what would that do for you? Or if I was to increase your salary, because that's all some of y'all can consider how you're going to get paid as a salary or an hourly. What would that do for you? Exactly. OK, um, now this is where it got interesting in me. So when asked are black people treated unfairly in hiring and pay and promotions, 82 percent of blacks said yes. Forty four percent of whites said no or said yes. Excuse me. 44%. All right. When it comes to getting paid and promotions. All right. Now, when applying for a loan or a mortgage, right? And, you know, you can use loans or mortgages for a multitude of things that help your business and financial gain and access to wealth in this country. 74% um, of blacks believe that they're treated unfairly in these processes, while 38% of whites believe that black people are treated unfairly. Okay. So I just want to start there, right? When it comes to what is sensationalized in the news and media, right? Black people get fucked by the judicial system. It's very 
obvious that you would have to be pretty, pretty racist <laughs> to think that black people are not treated more unfairly than their counterparts in this country. It is what it is. When it comes to the access to financial wealth, which what I said also too, not too long ago about how access to wealth and being able to affect the dollar is what's important into effectively creating change. When it comes to that, white people don't on average feel that we have too much of an issue, whether it's getting paid or whether it's getting the same access to loans from banks and different private you know, companies to create businesses that will forever change our lives as well. Because it's out of sight, out of mind. The system works well for them. So the system in their eyes works well. What affects you affects you. What affects you and the people that look like you affects you and the people that look like you. What affects someone that you can't relate to, out of sight, out of mind. I'm not saying white people are racist. Hell, I'm not even saying that the white people that actually voted don't see what I see. But what I'm saying is when you have a great disparity between what I see and what you see, why the fuck would I expect you to work with me to change something? Because my POV is mine and yours is yours. I respect that there will be people that see what we see. But I don't expect that there will be people that see what we see. There's a difference. Um, and that's the last I'll say on that, man. Because, like I said, I had to get some shit off my chest in regards to what's going on currently. And I believe that. We have to educate ourselves on a lot of things because there's necessary improvements that need to be made to our community. One as a black people and secondly as a nation. But switch gears here, man. I just wanted to quickly just kind of highlight some other things too in this rogue episode. Um, like I said, this is a video diary. Or I said video. This is an auditorial diary or whatever the fuck you want to call it, dog. It's just where I be getting my rocks off. Pause. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it's where I just feel comfortable, you know, expressing things that's in my mind, in my head. You know what I mean? Um, I definitely felt like I should have been doing this way more during Corona and quarantine. But it's okay. Because, you know, what I did do in quarantine was effective in helping my businesses my brand, my imaging, my pockets, all that. So I didn't become a millionaire through quarantine, seeing as we about to be outside anyway. I mean, Atlanta had niggas falling out the car last weekend. Man, bottom said, hell no. And I love Auntie Keisha. She said, y'all niggas, you got to go back in the house. <laughs> Shit, no, but. I definitely made some strides forward, though it didn't become a millionaire in quarantine. I definitely made some strides forward. And I think how your mentality was either sharpened or hindered is going to affect you coming out of this. And I say sharpened and hindered because a dull knife ain't got no use. Point blank, period. But to close it out, because I don't want to give y'all too much long way to talk, because you know I can go for hours. You know, being able to carry a podcast by yourself, I think it's a, it's a skill. Especially if you're going to be able to keep people's attention for that long, too, by yourself. Or maybe your voice just sounds that good. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, nah, I just wanted to show love to the collective that is Undisciplined the Podcast and quickly touch on that and where our goals are going forward. Undisciplined the Podcast 
It's a podcast that we drop episodes every week, man. Thursdays, check us out. Um, and we speak on everything. We speak on things like this. Then we can flip it, go crazy, speak on sex, relationships, speak on sports, speak on how we as a community to create more avenues to deepen our pockets. And we just open forum, have conversations that we have in our group chat in which, you know, this whole podcast was birthed from on a platform where we believe there's like-minded minds out there that might be interested in what we got to say. So we just want to share that with the world. You know, crazy, audacious goals and dreams for Undisciplined Podcast, man. It's to establish a network where my son and my daughter and my son's son and my son's daughter and all these things can come. And if they want to get their creative freedom and rocks off, let them do that. Right. I, I see podcasting like I see the music industry in some regards where, you know, we have artists and then you have podcasters. Their talent, their skill is their voice. Their creative is their voice putting a microphone on it to capture those moments and where they have genius is, is the product, whether it's music or whether it's the podcast episode. But now going further and thinking like a business minded person, creating a platform where you can distribute that on royalties on that publish that, right? Because all of that stuff can be used as what an opportunity to market a product in a brand. And people want to share that likeness with you because you have such much, so much attention Right. Creating a platform where we control all of that from start to finish, distribute what we want. No one can control my voice or the voices that are with me. That's what I see. Millions, billions of people listening to what we put out. Being able to take something like this international, being in front of people that actually respect us and like to hear our voices and share our experiences with them in a closed room, intimate or not on a big stage. Who knows? It's already being done in some regards by some people and some podcasters that I look up to and watch and listen to. Why not us? It's rogue shit. I ain't got much else to say. I said much. <laughs> I mean much. I ain't got much else to say, man. That was about to be hard. Just the bike driver. Why I got? <laughs> nah. Um, but as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for participating. Love y'all, man. But as always, make sure you go follow Undiscipline the Podcast on Instagram at undisciplined TN at undisciplined TN. What is the TN? The network. We're not just a podcast. We're a lot more. Make sure to follow me too at Durham alarms. That's my full name. Durham alarms. D U R U M A L A R M S. One word. Follow me on IG. Make sure to follow 69 brand. Make sure to follow school below. Make sure to follow my man gleeful out there. Wanza with the pains. Shout out to No Negations. Shout out to The Blessed One. He got a lot of business moves he's doing. Shout out to my boy Dave. Shout out to my boy Spark. You feel me? You know, shout out to BJ, Father of the Year times three. I know he got someone on the way. You know, shout out to everybody in the podcast, man. Shout out to my brother BC. Hope you're doing well, my guy. Can't wait to hear you back in the pod. For sure, for sure. Um, shout out to everybody in the group chat. Coming in when they can. Hampton. That boy AJ Hamp out there holding it down to FSU, doing big, big things, D1 level guy. You know, my boy E. Scott, though I don't even know if he ever listens to anything because the man is like 80, but he's literally 23 or something like that. <laughs> um, and shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Braid, doing your thing with the music. We got to get you on the pod soon, brother. Got to have some real mogul talk. Shout out to everybody, man, in the group chat, for real, for real. You know, Chase, In and I, 
You know what I'm saying? Shout out to some of the select stars that speak when it needs to be spoken to. LJ, Grove, always in the cut. We see you. You feel me? Shout out to everybody in the group chat, man. For real, for real. Shout out to Young Man Mo. You did. Mr. Jefferson, holding it down with the comedy. You know what I'm saying? Casing. I don't know where your social media is at, but I don't know if you ducking or if Hannah beat you. I, I, probably shouldn't have said that. But love you, brother, because you definitely one of the top thorough niggas I know. <laughs> Coming out of mouth for show. Germ, how you doing, brother, man? Don't say much, but, you know, listen, when he does, everyone listens, for sure. You dig? Oh, man. Shout out to everybody in the group chat, man, for real, for real. Like, it's a family. For real, for real, man. It's a family. And you don't get to, like I said, just pick your family sometimes. I'm glad them niggas pick me. Because real talk, I wouldn't be here without them. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be here without them. Shout out to my nigga Red. Red out there holding down the military. Red, we got to go shooting sometime, brother. For real, for real. My nigga shot by blue. You know what I mean? That nigga's going to be a young Spielberg out here. Nah, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? I like Spielberg, but we going to represent. He going to be a Spike Lee out here. You did. You know what I'm saying? My boy T. Scott. T. Scott is a brilliant man. I really want T. Scott on this podcast. I don't know why he be ducking this smoke. This nigga T. Scott is so fucking entertaining. T. Scott just... Yo, T, I'm going to be real, bro. Don't drop the ball on this, bro. You got too much talent, my nigga. You a gifted black individual, bro. You need to showcase that shit for real. You need to be put on a platform, my nigga. Like, every time talking to you is just very interesting. And you just an entertaining dude. And you have a great personality, my nigga. Don't shy away from your blessings, my nigga. Get that to the world. You know what I mean? Just shout out to everybody in the pod, bro. I mean, the only reason why I felt like this is something that we could do is because I have a lot of beautiful minds with me. No homo. You know, my nigga Wayne Aaron, shout out to my brother Wayne Aaron doing a podcast where he's speaking to the youth about their opportunities going to chase, you know, an athletic career beyond high school and things like that, man. That's love. You know, the goal right there is to get his podcast on our network, man, because we want to be able to expose that and show that to the world. You know what I mean? This is a family, like I said, undisciplined the podcast, undisciplined the fucking network, my nigga. Y'all be blessed.